0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. How are you doing today, Carter?
1: I'm a little nervous. Uh, My primary occupation in this world has traditionally been being trivia to Over Tea's scorekeeper. But I think things are going to go a little topsy-turvy this week.
0: Yes, it is very topsy-turvy this week because on today's episode, Carter and I will be the contestants. And here today to ask the questions is my brother slash the show's composer in residence, Mason Cook. So Mason, I'm a little nervous because I have a feeling you've cooked up some diabolical questions for us, Um, but uh, take it away.
2: Oh, yeah, you would be right. I have indeed cooked up some truly diabolical questions for everyone involved. Of course, I couldn't do this alone. Alongside me, keeping scores, the wonderful Julian Mahenkusen.
3: Thanks for having me, Mason. I'm honored to be here and to take Carter's spot while he's in the hot seat.
2: Of course. So, um, contestants, if you're ready, we shall begin the show. So, So let's start with round one, Julia, if you would like to explain the rules.
3: Of course. Round one is our first general knowledge round consisting of five multiple choice questions for each player. Correct answers are 10 points each.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Julia. So Matthew, you will be up first. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Awesome. So Matthew, question one. On July 15th, 1905, in addition to the magazine, Josiah Tutte featured the first appearance of what gentleman thief created by Maurice LeBlanc? A. Arsene Lupin, B. Robin Hood, or C. Zorro? Wait, can you sp- Can you spell... Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Sure thing. On July 15th, 1905, in addition to the magazine, Jessai Tutte featured can- can the first appearance... Can you spell that, appear- please?
0: Can you spell that, please?
2: J-E space S-A-I-S space T-O-U-T. Got it. (laughs) Feature the first appearance of what gentleman thief created by Maurice LeBlanc? A, Arsene Lupin. B, Robin Hood. Or C, Zorro. Um, Gosh darn.
0: Well, the title translates to... I know everything, but that doesn't really help me in this situation. Gosh, I don't know. Um, I'll go with A.
2: Well, I suppose it may d- it help you because you might know everything because the answer is indeed A. Oh, I knew that all along, obviously. All right, so Matthew, question two. Matthias I of Hungary is often credited with the creation of what variety of cavalry notable for rapid charges and a unique style of dress? A, Cossacks, B, Hussars, or C, Dragoons? Dragoons uh no it is hussars okay uh three which of these elements has the highest atomic number on the periodic table dear lord a iodine b cesium or c tungsten oh
0: good lord um well i know iodine is really high up
2: i think it's iodine you'd be wrong iodine has the lowest number of the three it is tungsten iodine is 53 cesium is 55 tungsten is 74 oh not that close i guess yeah um four mount fiji separates occidental college from the namesake high school of what neighborhood in northeast los angeles a highland park b eagle rock or c echo park thanks for throwing me a softball mason it's eagle rock uh that would indeed be correct um five as a part of the 35th anniversary selection for the Legend of Zelda franchise, oh, God. <laughs> Nintendo announced an HD port of what Wii title where Link encounters Fee, Groose, and Giraham, among others, as he tries to power up the goddess sword? A, Twilight Princess, B, Skyward Sword, or C, Wind Waker? I'm going to go with Twilight Princess. Um, that's incorrect. It would be Skyward Sword. Oh, God. All right. Well done, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Carter, you're up next.
1: All right, Are you ready? I'm feeling very ready.
2: Awesome. So, let's begin. Carter, your questions. Amaterasu, Sasano, and Tsukuyomi are among the children of what Japanese creator god? A, Ibizu, B, Fujin, or C, Izanagi?
1: I believe it's the first one.
2: Um, you would believe incorrectly uh, it would be C, Izanagi. So, question two. Principes, Optio, and Decanus are some of the ranks used by what infantry unit group that served as the backbone of the Roman army? A, Legion, B, Centurion, or C, Ballistae?
1: I feel like the Centurion sounds like the most backbone of the three. Um, so I'm going to go with that one.
2: Well, the keyword was a Centurion is an individual member of a Legion. Uh, so it was A. You, had the, you were on the right track. So, three, which of the following bones is not in the human arm? A, ulna, B, humerus, or C, scapula?
0: Isn't it the scapula?
2: That would be correct. Yes. That's the shoulder blade. The ulna is in your lower arm, and the humerus is the funny bone. It's the upper arm. So, nine, what is the only public university in the United States that held graduations in the 18th century? A, William and Mary. B. UNC or C University of Georgia. And you say in the 18th century? 18th century, 1700s.
1: Wow. I probably the University of North Carolina. That
2: would be correct. Yeah, they held graduations uh, in 1799. What was William and Mary doing? Not holding graduations.
0: Well, cuz they're so much older.
3: Yeah, aren't they the oldest?
1: Are they a private school,
0: though? They're private no, they're a public. Uh, No, William we married Mary is public. Point. Oh, up. at that point.
1: Because
0: uh, mm. it's a public
2: school now. So, 10. As part of the 35th anniversary celebration of the release of the original Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo ported what game originally for the Wii U to the Switch alongside the new mode Bowser's Fury? A. Super Mario 3D World. B. Super Mario Galaxy. Or C. Super Mario 3D Land
1: uh they ported it from the wii u to the switch that is right yes so probably super mario 3d world that would be correct i know so, I, yeah i wouldn't know between world and land i picked one
2: yeah super mario land was released for the 3ds by the way probably the least known of the 3d marios so uh julia uh, that's the end of round one would you like to give us a score update
3: Of course. Carter edges out Matthew at 30 points with Matthew's 20 points.
0: It's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall last week, our question was, of the 11 annual U.S. federal holidays, how many are on a fixed date? And the answer is five. We have New Year's Day, Juneteenth, July 4th, Veterans Day, and Christmas. And also, there's Inauguration Day, but that's every four years, so we didn't count it in the total for this question. So the answer is five. For this week's question, we'll turn to another federal holiday that's upcoming this weekend, July 4th. And this question comes from my father, so thank you, Dad. In 1983, what famous rock band was banned from performing at the July 4th celebration by Interior Secretary James Watt because they, quote, attracted the wrong element. So, put your thinking caps on, send me your answers, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. And on a side note, we want to give a special thank you to Darren Hall of Occidental College who helped us out with a technical difficulty that we had with Zoom over the weekend. So, thank you,
2: Darren, for helping us out there. And now, back to Mason. We're now going to move on to round two. Uh, Julia, would you like to explain the rules?
3: Yes, I would. Round two consists of five questions directed to each player on the same topic. Correct answers are worth 20 points. If a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 10 points.
2: Awesome. So, Matthew, you're back up. So, your questions are going to be on computer science. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. So, are you ready? <laughs> Why
0: would you do this? It's, what is going on? So, you're, you're literally picking every single topic that I know nothing about.
2: Oh, so. don't worry. Carter. Go, go, don't worry. Uh, Carter Carter's... also has it coming to him.
0: Is, is it going to even out?
2: Yes, it's going to even he out. better don't get worry. it. He
0: better get, like, opera or something like that.
2: Anyway. uh <laughs> 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 so matthew uh, mm-hmm. are you ready
0: uh no but go ahead
2: all right so question one what term describes the organization of memory communications and functions in a system
0: hmm um the organization of memory communications and functions in uh, system hmm. correct that's interesting um
2: let's go with ram no carter bounce
1: back would this be, like, talking about computer architecture as a whole? Um, I was looking for a model of
2: computation. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, Matthew, too, what is the mm-hmm. common name of a problem that requires you to find the shortest possible route between a set of points while also visiting each point exactly once and returning to the origin?
0: Um, are you going to give me credit if I tell you it's the traveling salesman problem? Uh, yes. Okay, good. It's the traveling salesman problem.
2: That is indeed what I was looking for, the traveling salesman problem or the TSP? <laughs> You're kidding me.
0: That's right. the only thing I know anything about, because that's Uncle Steve's thing. Right. Thank you, Mason.
2: I just had to throw you one, one bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um... The development of theoretical computer science and the concept of artificial intelligence is often credited to what British scientist? Um... Hmm. Newton? No. Carter? Bring? That is correct. Alan Sh- Turing. I should
0: have... I, <clears throat> I don't know why I didn't say Alan Turing. That was really dumb of
2: me. Alright, so next I question. Digital that. communications occur through what patterns of voltage, current, and protons made to represent data? Uh circuits. Uh no, Carter bounce back. Are you talking about like
1: like at the basic level binary?
2: Um not quite. I was looking for line code. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, uh question Should 5. Turing. <sighs> the most pressing unresolved problem in computer science, which asks whether all problems whose solutions can be verified quickly can also be solved quickly, is most commonly represented by what expression? That's not NP complete, is it?
1: Well, it's not. Uh Carter? Uh NP complete is part of it. I think the actual problem is whether P equals NP or not. So it's that's that P versus NP, right?
2: That is indeed correct. Uh P versus NP or or P equals NP. <laughs> okay. You were on the nice. right track, Matthew. Don't worry. You
0: you you've you touched on the only two things that I've heard of, and that's only because of Uncle Steve. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So Carter, um your five questions will be on the opera. Oh uh, yes. So, Carter, are you ready?
1: Absolutely. I love going to the opera.
2: I know you do. So, uh, your first question. The early opera still in common performance is La Orfeo, a 1607 opera by what Venetian composer? Um, Venetian? Yes, Venetian, as in from
1: Venice. Uh, yes. Um, I can't name a single person from Venice. Uh, this might be uh the person who wrote the marriage of pharaoh
2: um that would be incorrect matthew bounce back <laughs> monteverdi uh that would be correct uh so question two louis the 14th of france sponsored the operas of what composer who wrote roland and bella rofin Verdi. uh no matthew bounce back these are quite deep cuts but this is jean baptiste lully that is indeed correct. At the beginning of Act 3 of Rigoletto, the Duke of Mantua sings what iconic tenor aria?
1: I will always love you. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: oh, so close. Uh, that's, that's not it. Uh, Matthew, bounce back. Yeah, in a, in, a,
0: in a shocking turn of events, Whitney Houston takes the stage and uh, and brings brings down the curtain. No, this is uh, La Donna Immobile. Yeah. I that...
2: <laughs> Notably, the Whitney Houston number usually gets cut in most productions. <laughs> uh, four. The titular character of The Marriage of Figaro sings what aria upon discovering the Count's plans to sleep with his white Susanna?
1: The betrayal aria.
2: Not quite. Uh, Matthew Bounceback. <laughs> that is indeed correct. Uh, five. A xylophone excerpt from the overture of what George Gershwin opera is among the standard excerpts. Percussionists are often expected to play at auditions.
1: The marriage of Figaro.
2: Uh, No, Matthew bounce back. Porgy and Bess. That is indeed correct. I can hear the excerpt in my head while I'm reading this. So Julia, would you like to give us a score check at the end of round two?
3: Of course matthew got every single bounce back question from carter (laughs) (laughs) that round those were some
0: tough opera questions mason you really (laughs) laid into it there with carter poor carter
3: poor carter um so from that round matthew got 70 carter got 20 um so final score or current score matthew 90 carter 50.
2: So now we're going to go to round three. Julia, would you like to explain the rules?
3: Round three is our second general knowledge round. There will be five questions for each player and correct answers are now worth 30 points. Like in awesome. round two, if a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to get the correct answer for 15. All right.
2: Thank you, Here's Julia. where it's going to get evened out. Yes, this this is indeed where it's going to get evened out. Yeah. Um, so Matthew. Uh, Jason is- was
0: just trying to make me feel good. With the
2: second round there. So now Matthew, would, uh, you're death. up again? Yeah. Um, are you ready? Sure. Okay, question one. In 1950, Albert C. Carter and Abe Bookman patented one, what toy where the user asks yes-no questions and shakes the toy for an answer? Magic 8-ball. That'd be correct. In 1863, American card maker Samuel Hart printed the first modern version of what standard playing card used in many card games as a wild card? Joker. That's correct. Five. The Japanese suffixes kun, chan, san, and senpai are examples of what type of word that denotes the level of respect, rank, or and or personal relationship between the speaker and the subject.
0: Type of word is it like a? I mean, they it's they're all they're all signs of respect, right? So it's it's because it's like it'd be someone who's like older or you know of a higher rank or whatever. So like term of respect is that what you're looking for
2: it's not quite what i'm looking for carter bounce back um a formality not quite i was looking for honorific uh, oh geez so uh matthew uh question four mexico highway one extends from tijuana to cabo san lucas fully traversing what large peninsula in western mexico
0: baja california
2: that'd be correct uh, and your final question. What port city in southern Yemen was influential to the spread of coffee around the world and is the namesake of a pop- popular coffee variant? My Yemen geography
0: is not where it should be. Apparently um not. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass. I don't I don't remember.
2: Carter? Starbucks. Uh, no, that is not correct. It would be al mocha. Okay. All right. So, Carter, you're up now. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh question one for Carter. Matthews, North Carolina was established in eighteen seventy four as a stagecoach stop between the cities of Monroe and what city known as the Queen City?
1: Raleigh.
2: Uh no, Charlotte. Oh. Uh, no, crap. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, was I actually just about to blurt out Charlotte Mason. <laughs> okay. We'll give Matthew credit for that.
3: I'm giving him credit.
2: Because he was about to say it. My bad. I'm so sorry. I've done it too. Yeah, happens
3: to the best of us. Gonna have
2: to dock your pay, Mason. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Going from zero to n- zero. Awesome. Um. So your second question. Terribly sorry about that, folks. Uh. In a standard tarot deck, what card, often illustrated as a young man carrying a bag, is the first of the major arcana and represents the beginning of journeys?
1: Would it be, perhaps, the traveling
2: salesman? Uh, no, it would not be the traveling salesman. Matthew Bounceback. The first of the major arcana? Is that what yep. you said? Um, it's like, now like a work card, is it? Occupation? Yeah, you, um, Do you have an answer? Occupation? Uh, no, that'd be the fool. Oh. All right, so, Carter, your next question. The German prefix ge is that is G E is primarily added to verbs for what tense form where the subject loses agency.
1: Um, probably the subject loses agency. They haven't lost it. So maybe not the past ones. Um, I'm going to go with like the present tense. Mm, no, not quite
2: Matthew bats back.
0: Um, so I'm not great with grammar tenses, but I think, think that like the, the the verb bricht, which means broke, I think hopefully, hopefully I'm right on that if you add the, the G-E to the front of it it's gebricht it is like broken it's like is broken and so is that like it's, it's is that like the uh, it's like, I, this is not my answer, I'm still talking this out it's like a passive, it's like passive language or something like that. Don't, that's not and that's not my answer. That's not my answer yet. Well, I'm going to need an answer at some point, Matthew. I, I know, I know I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And so it's like the passive voice, but I'm not sure if that's like an actual grammar, like term, but I'm wondering if you'll take pity on me and just give me the points because I get close enough. So I'm thinking about that. I, I think that's what it does. I think it I think it makes it like passive voice. And I don't know if that's like the some sort of participle or something or other and I don't think passive voice is an actual grammar term and I don't think you're going to give me credit for that. And so I'm trying to think of a of a sentence in English that I can compare it to that I can then decide if it's like a past participle. I don't know if there's such thing as a present participle, future, present, past participle, I don't know. Let's see, I think it's a participle. So I'm gonna gonna say participle, which will force you to prompt me. Yes. Yes, Okay. prompt. Aha, so I'm on the right track.
2: Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, hmm, I'm gonna go with past participle. You know, Matthew, you could have just said passive voice and you would have been done with this by the way. I would have taken passive voice. But did I get it right? You got it right. Yes. Oof. Past participle or passive voice. Both both answers oh. would have been acceptable.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good yeah. to know the next time I, I come across some grammar some grammar trivia. Cuz I
2: did I did indeed define passive voice in there. The subject loses agency. That is the definition of passive voice.
0: Okay. Well, I mean I I wasn't sure if 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 I was just like repeating what you said by saying passive voice, so okay, well that's good, that's good.
2: All right, so your next question, Carter. Um, Mexico Highway Forty Five runs from Puerto Zelo, Hidalgo, to what large city on the southern bank of the Rio Grande, which is across from El Paso, Texas.
1: Across from El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know that we might be there is like, and this could be wrong too, like the Sonora Desert, perhaps. So maybe there's a town called Sonora.
2: Um, that is incorrect, Matthew. Bounce back. There's
0: a state called Sonora, although the city is not in Sonora. Um, it's Juarez. Uh, that
2: would be correct. Um, so uh, finally, Carter. What coffee variety allegedly originated in World War II, when soldiers from the namesake country used hot water to dilute the ex- the espresso?
1: Um, and you're looking for like the name of that coffee? Yes, I'm
2: looking for the variety name variety name is this like belgian coffee no that's incorrect matthew bounce back
0: you said world war ii
2: that is correct yes i
0: i said world war ii the united states is that your is that what you say the coffee variety is called americano
2: that would be correct
0: tea drinker and coffee aficionado right here
2: you heard it here first folks um so uh, that's the end of round three. Julia, would you like to give a score check?
3: Yes. Uh, from my uh, scorekeeping, Matthew won 150 points from that round. Uh, Carter with a zero. Matthew at 240 points. Carter at 50.
2: Oh, oh, geez. Uh, OK. Uh...
3: Still anyone's game.
2: round four. Julia, this is our final round. Would you like to explain the rules?
3: Of course. Round four is the showdown. The two players will be asked to write down their answers to the same three questions. Correct answers are worth 40 points.
2: Awesome. Thank you. So are you two ready? Do you both have a writing surface available?
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Awesome. So let's start with question one. So What 2012 chart topping single by fun became the first song ever to reach seven straight weeks of 300,000 or more digital sales.
0: I think I'm ready, but take your time, Matthew. I'm sorry. I I need another few seconds. Trying to think of what might've been played at the eighth grade dance. I don't know. Okay. All All right. So
2: both, do both of you have answers? Mine's incorrect, but yeah. So, uh, Matthew, would you like to reveal your answer?
0: My answer, even though I know it's not by fun, uh, is call me maybe.
2: Uh, All right. And Carter? Uh, I had some nights. So uh, Carter actually did have a song by fun. Unfortunately, (laughs) he had the wrong one. Uh, It is We Are Young.
0: Oh. Okay. I recognize. Okay. I would never have been able to come up with that, but I do now. Now that you say that, I recognize the name of that song.
2: Yeah. So the second question, a collapsed natural gas field near Darvaza, Turkmenistan, bears what religiously inspired nickname? All right. So uh, players, uh, Ma- uh, would you like to reveal your answers? Matthew? I have literally no idea. Nice. Carter?
1: Uh, I had like Satan's
2: field. You You were on the right track, Carter. Uh, it's the gates of hell Uh, because it's a giant it's collapsed natural gas field so it's been continuously on fire since 1971 wow yeah that's how it collapsed the whole thing blew up effectively and now it's just continually on fire
0: oh lovely Mm -hmm. oh on my next vacation to Turkmenistan i'll be sure to go check it out
2: exactly um so question three uh who is the one player that has played in both a World Series and a Super Bowl? All right. So does do people have answers? Matthew.
0: I said Bo Jackson.
1: All right. Carter. Um there is somebody we were talking about in another episode who did like baseball and football, but I can't remember their name, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Matthew did say someone that that did baseball and football. Unfortunately, he said the wrong person that did baseball and football. It's Dion Sanders. Oh.
1: Never heard of him. I didn't
0: know Dion Sanders played baseball.
2: Oh yeah, he did. There was actually hmm. I believe I believe he and Bo Jackson faced off in a baseball game at some point. Oh. and it was like a big deal. So oh, sorry, uh, I had
0: the I had the right time frame.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately you had the wrong player. So oh well. Uh Julia, would you like to share the last score update?
3: So no points were earned from that round, sadly. So final score, Matthew, 240, Carter, 50.
2: Oh, okay. It appears Matthew is the winner. So Matthew, would you like to say a few words?
0: Yeah, I would. Um, you know, I was really worried after the first round that, um, maybe I had really met my match. Um, but, uh, but I, I, uh, I, I feel like I made some good progress in rounds two and three and, uh. I'm feeling much better about myself now, but I'd like to acknowledge my very worthy competitor and colleague, Carter, who we all know is actually much smarter than me. Um, I just happen to know a lot of very useless things. Um, and uh, Carter's skills are much more monetizable than mine. So we all know who the real winner is.
2: Well, he's not wrong on any <laughs> <yet. laughs> uh... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mason. Well, thank you, Mason
0: and Julia for uh, coming on our, our uh, podcast today and doing this very special episode. And uh, thank you also to Carter for humoring us and for doing our little showdown today. This has been very fun. And uh, thank you also to Mason for writing all of the questions today and also, as always, composing the music. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we return to our regular episodes and we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.